Coming up on today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, fellow sports reporters Bob Silverman of the Daily Beast and Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press join me as they do every single Friday afternoon um, to talk about variety, fun college football topics with the, the Big 12 SEC future, Oklahoma, Texas, Giannis winning his first NBA title um, for the city of Milwaukee, uh, the NFL's covid New pro, I guess, new COVID protocols for fitting games. What's going on there? The Vikings offensive line coach quitting or being, I don't know how to frame this, but uh, just just gone. Um, Rick Dennison, because he refused to get a COVID shot. Um, all of this along with uh, some other some other fun sports topics. Yes. Um, remember, new episodes are available on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts every single day. Just uh, look for Chase Thomas Podcast on any of those platforms. Um, on the writing front, uh, don't forget to check out my work at sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Uh, it's free for now, so y'all just add your emails to get each issue delivered to your mailbox every morning, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com and the Chase Thomas Podcast on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uncle Darren, let's roll. Sports reporters assemble! Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it. It's the sports reporters, and we have indeed assembled because it is Friday afternoon, where I am joined every single Friday by. Fellow sports reporters, Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press. Andrew, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Bob Silverman up there in the Daily Beast. Up there in the Daily Beast of the Daily Beast in New York City is probably the correct way to uh, formulate that. Yeah, sentence. phrasing. Yeah. Phrasing. <laughs> Hashtag phrasing. Uh, that's Bob Silverman. Bob, good, uh, good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Oh my goodness, Andrew, what do we got to do to 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 get Bob ready to go for this podcast? I don't know. You know, just I don't know. Send pictures of why don't we the talk about? Let's talk. We could do that. We could also talk about sports as hard as we can with Chase and Andrew on the pod. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That works. Um, I'm not going to sing the WFAN theme song, but I felt I think most readers yeah. will catch on to the reference. Yeah, no, please don't. So what no, I wanted to not. start off with it is was cheesy have... then, it's cheesy now. <laughs> oh no, it's it's very it's a real earworm. I love that theme. I have no idea what Andrew was talking about in our text thread. About oh yeah, but that's true. In the group chats, Andrew said he had something he wanted to get off his chest. So I think oh, let's start here. Let's start here, Andrew. What uh what do you have to to tell the good folks? Um, uh, I just want to say, after uh, eleven years, I told you so. I told you this would happen. Like I feel like I, I feel like I want to cut a wrestling promo on basically everybody in the Big Twelve right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean basically. So, a little background: I've worked at I've worked covering two schools in the Big Twelve for about ten years. Uh, this conference is such a joke, and if you haven't been paying attention, the Big 12 uh, 
members of the Big 12, Oklahoma and Texas, they are going to the SEC. Uh, basically, it's all pretty much a done deal at this point. I mean, pretty much it's all just uh, crossing T's, dotting I's. But there are aspects, I'm sure Chase will get into it, but just from a person who was covering the conference in, you know, for a decade, watching all of this go down has been hilarious because you could see it coming. Like you could, like the inevitable was coming, you know, 2025, the contract, the, the basically all their contracts run out. They were like, this was going to happen anyway. Oklahoma and Texas hadn't been happy because they pretty much got a sweetheart deal to keep the conference together. And they have all the money. They have all the power in terms of, you know, TV influence, all of that. And they haven't been happy with the deal that they've been given. I'm just like, Oh, 2025, it's going to happen. And then like, what was it Tuesday, Wednesday this week, everything just hit the fan. And all of a sudden Texas A&M finds out, you know, that they've been in discussions with the SEC for almost a year. And yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Um, so I just want to be like, I'm the guy who's like, I don't know if this Titanic is going to work, y'all. Not sure it's going to work. And then when you get the paper the next day and you go to the pub, see, I told you. Told you this was going to happen. So, yeah, fun stuff. I um I didn't have the Big 12 perspective like you do, Andrew, because from my perspective, like I'm in the heart of SEC country and Matt and I were we, we deep dive this uh, on the pod last night. And it was all from the SEC's perspective for the most part. And part of that is just because we, we can't uh, understand from the Big 12 side. But from the reporting on it, Bowlesby, I think, was rather ignorant toward Oh, he was. It's You guys have seen King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. He is Bill Dotree. <laughs> where it's this hope, it's this mean well good intention but at the same time it's like nobody wants to tell him his wife isn't coming back and he's not like in a in a you know gregarious and and, and boisterous way like dale he's just kind of resigned to the fact that he has hope but he also knows yeah she's probably not coming back like once they had once they they had a conference call last night and they scheduled it in late in the afternoon to have Texas know you on who didn't show up to the meeting Texas and know you at that point you should have they, they talked about legal ramifications going forward i assume that involves oh what what are the legal ramifications if we just want to say hey you know what deuces i don't think that was brought up um it should have been brought up but they're talking about trying to unite moving forward you've been trying to unite moving forward for a freaking decade you have and this is where i get into the wrestling promo part so sorry Mm -hmm. uh you've basically you pretty much just shoved aside any type of idea for tv for a network because you were worried about the tech being behind on the technology and guess who put together a network in the time span that you decided to stay together and now 
the ACC. Pac-12 had a network going at one point. I mean, okay. it's still. I, I still don't have it on my it's, package. I can't. It's it. still. It's still like in theory. Yes, the Pac-12 network is, is actually a thing, but at the same time, you opted for and instead of basically saying Texas, hey, get like either expand the Longhorn network to make it conference wide, or just get rid of it. Uh, they're pretty much using it as like a public access network, and so your best games, like one of the best games of the season last year was on ESPN plus they put one of the best big 12 games of the season last year on ESPN plus. That's not how you expand. That's not how you are growing your brand. And yeah. Yeah, go ahead. As a a not as a non football college network. Can I ask a question of you, Andrew and Chase? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay. Is this plan for the super mega conference in any way tied to college football players being allowed to sell their naming rights? No. Is this, it's not the mega conferences suddenly fearing a minimal possible loss of income somehow through like black bag operations and all kinds of other the payable payments and, and trying to like consolidate power amongst the, the Uber teams? It it, it 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 actually um that's just I, me being a paranoid weirdo and getting no 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 no, no, no. it's it's a it's a good point if anything it's the complete opposite okay because the, because the big 10 is going to the big 10 and ACC each have uh contracts that are going to be renewed within the next uh two three years I think at last check and so that TV money that's already rising, it's just going to be even bigger. And so the big, the big 12 sees that and they're like, wait a minute. And they're already being shoved in terms of TV. They're already being shoved off because the ACC is going to have, or the SEC is going to have ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU and the SEC network says what five networks that you're going to be able to see SEC games on the, the, the big 10 has pretty much probably going to be transferring over to just a Fox specific brand. It wouldn't shock me, but um, you're going to have majority of Fox, uh, Fox games. So is the pac 12, the ACC is pretty much going to be in bed with the, uh, with ESPN and ABC and all that. So, Every, like the the plates have been shifting for the longest, and when you have two good brands like Oklahoma and Texas, it's like, why am I still here with the bad news bears when I have the appeal that I can join the American League? I can I can I have a budget and I have a footprint that competes with the Yankees of college football. Like there are, I'd say maybe eight to 10 brands that could survive. And and this is maybe on the high side that could survive as an independent. Two of those are in the same conference. Hmm. Is one of them Notre Dame? um, Oklahoma and Texas. Okay. Okay. Like I said, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna shut up about the college bowl now. Oh, you're you're good. Um, but yeah, no, it's just <laughs> it, it's it's stuff that if you 
if you haven't been paying attention, it's pretty, it's honestly pretty easy to catch up on. But if you are the big 12 and it's like, yeah, you should have known this was coming. If anything, they should have leadership should have basically just said, okay, Oh, you Texas, what do you guys want in terms of money? What do you guys want in terms of TV? Like you spearhead all of this. And they basically were like, no, we're good. And well, they also didn't want to expand and they were good with the 10 and Texas just had this stranglehold over this conference well, for so yeah, long and they yeah. put the need to them and then they ended up just leaving anyway. Once in why, why expand in a, because I mean, let's keep it a buck. They didn't want to be there in 2010. The PAC 12 basically said, you guys can't have this network. Like you, you, you were going to sign on with us. You can't have this network. So it's like, Hey, I, you know, okay, well, fine. We'll take it. And yeah, you, you inquire, you know, not even just not expanding, but then you actually go out there and say, Hey, Cincinnati, Hey, central Florida, Hey, East Carolina, Hey, Tulane, Hey, whoever, are you guys interested in joining the big 12? You have them put, put together these presentations. And then you say, you know what? We're good with, we're, we're good with 10. At that point, I knew this conference is done because you haven't so you been proactive. Done. Like, you oh, think it's, they're going to reallocate and just bring in BYU and Houston. And why? So here, here's my question. And this is why BYU I say is not a big 12 member because of Texas. And now that Texas B- is gone, BYU can just walk right in. So, and, and, th- and this is where I, I ask of people who, you know, because in theory, that sounds like a great idea, right? What appeal does the Big 12 have nationally? Hey, I, I don't know about you, but when I'm in a coffee shop here in the South, uh, I have some buddies, they, 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 they're they like, oh yeah, that's Chase Thomas from the Chase Thomas podcast. He does that sports show. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And then in this very real scenario, they, they look at me and they go, hey, what uh, what's the latest? What's the scoop on Brees Hall and Brock Purdy at Iowa State? What's clone country up to? And I'm like, glad you asked because everyone's concerned with the clones. And they're like, yeah, not even just the clones, but like Lance Leopold, what do you think about that Kansas hire? Like, he was great at Buffalo. Gonna be okay. Yeah, the bullshit detector is going. <laughs> oh my god! High. I wanted to see you how. I wanted to see how talking long about Buffalo and the wishbone offense. It's been like three pods. Come on. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah. I mean, that's the issue is that you can you can revive this conference, but why? And, for, and and who is well, I mean, going? I guess, to... Is there enough seats to go around for the rest of these members? Like I saw the report that, and actually, a, a clairvoyant Chase stepped up to the plate last night because I was like, I, I don't know. It feels like Kansas would just immediately move to the Big Ten. They just feel like more of a Big Ten team anyway at this point. Um, and now that's a possibility. And um, I don't know. I think the Pac-12 obviously can get the get the scraps here, and the Big Ten can maybe get one. But what I want to see is like, or what I rather than just get rid of it i would the the ultimate hilarity of all of this would be the sec kicking texas a&m and missouri back out to let oklahoma and texas in now that that would it would but the the issue about that is i mean you can't do those both of those programs saw financial boons once they got in yeah and so it's like (laughs) you can complain about 
having not having Texas and and and, and Oklahoma there, but you you've cashed those checks. You you know what's coming. Why would you like it? Because somebody was well, talking I about oh yeah, Texas. Some breaking news. Oh shit. Um, so they have officially language. I know they have officially the founding members. This was from Chip Brown. Did y'all see this before we started? No, I'm I'm gonna pull it up now though. The founding members of the Big Twelve are leaving the league, and barring any unforeseen developments, will join the Southeastern Conference, a high level source close to the situation told Horns two four seven. Texas and OU official and OU officials plan to inform the Big Twelve on Monday that they won't renew the league's grant of rights. Um, when the league grants, <laughs> yeah, in 2025. So it's over in 2025. Damn. Also, another breaking news because the news cycle in this country just never ends. Um, we have the first NFL position coach to part ways with his team after choosing not to get get a jab. Oh, was it the Jags coach? It was not. It was not. Was it Rick Dennison? It is Rick Dennison, Bob. Thank you. I, if there's one thing I know, it's the Minnesota Vikings offensive line. That's <laughs> Hold on, hold on. So Rick Dennison is leaving the Vikings because he won't get vaccinated. Correct. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, let me just say this about Rick, and it'll give me an excuse to hype the article I wrote last Mm. night. Oh, um, speaking of, yes, please talk about that. You had a you had a big uh, piece drop for Daily Beast about the 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 big brains. That are... About 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 uh, good old uh, New Hopkins mm-hmm. deciding to say, "Hmm, I can either be vaccinated for a disease that's killed six hundred thousand Americans, or not play professional football." <laughs> now both are in their own beautiful, fancy ways, very deleterious to one's health. But uh, yeah, so in any case, last night for all who caught this. He posted a tweet, then deleted the tweet. Then he posted a tweet of Jalen Ramsey, then he deleted that tweet. But he left up the one that just said, freedom, question mark, which is a sentiment I think we can all get behind. And then, of course, Leonard Fournette also had to chime in. Like, there are a bunch of clearly vaccine-hesitant NFL players, if not outright full-on, you know, uh, (laughs) um tiny wide receiver Cole Beasley types who are straight up anti-vax and thinks getting vaccinated is a threat to his, his way of life. Somehow. Which is weird. Which is freaking weird. You want to know why, Bob and Chase? Sorry, why? I don't know why I said that, but I'm frustrated. <laughs> these, guys, these guys go through the middle, you know, two, three, maybe four times a game. They're basically in what to amount car crashes, maybe in upwards of I know. 10 to 15 I know. times a game. And they're scared about a needle. Like, we've all been vaccinated. We've all yeah. gone through the process. <laughs> it's it. The process literally takes less than 90 seconds max. That's what kills me about this. And it's not even just NFL players. It's just regular human beings. Like, <laughs> really? Well, they're a little irregular. But, I mean, it's – look, and I, and I said this in the story I write. Like, look, it's easy to point at football players for getting this stuff wrong or like Montez Sweat for saying, well, I'm not going to get it until I get sick and not sort of understanding that the vaccine prevents you from getting sick or Sam Darnold being like, what? It's not a problem. I live alone. Uh, and, you know, or <laughs> – or, or, or any 
any of the non-answers and stuff like that. And it's like, that's where America is right now. And actually, NFL players are doing a pretty good job of getting vaccinated. Comparable to other people in the same age group, they are doing better. And even as this story broke out with Hopkins and, and Cornette yesterday, the numbers have increased over the last 24 hours. So the NFL is doing a very good job of this. Now, I mean, as a matter of principle, I am generally opposed to the idea of a, an employer behaving in a coercive manner, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to something like private health. But we're just a question of like, well, you know, your owner can't force you to brush your teeth with fudge because that's going to make your teeth, you know, because that's bad for you. It's like this is bad for everybody. And there's a reason why that in this instance, yeah, a little coercion might not be the worst thing. Um, but the point I made at the end is like, you know, if NFL players all do end up getting vaccinated or vaccinated like 95% of the league's rosters or something like that, which would not entirely surprise me, I really do think that will do more for vaccination efforts across the country than any number of PSAs that could be run or door-to-door knocking efforts. I think, or not the door-to-door, that'll definitely help. But like, in terms of moving hearts and minds, I really think NFL players getting vaccinated will be a huge help, especially because it just plays into all the rah-rah mentality about like sucking it up and taking one for the team and doing your job, he said in his most Belichickian voice. Like, you don't want a situation like I don't know if you keep up with college baseball at all, Bob, but like NC State <laughs> has a historic run. They upset Arkansas in the super regional. It's the best team in college baseball. I, I did notice this. Yes. Yeah. And because they had some players who refused when it's been available for months, they got in a whirlwind of COVID and had to forfeit. And that was Whoops. it. They were out. Like they were on an historic hot streak. They may have just like Forfeited a national title potentially, like that is. Oh, they were that... probably gonna be Vanderbilt in that second game, right? Like, and they literally just could not play, and that was it. And like, I think that is I... going to be so fascinating. Is that like people are? I think if one NFL team mm-hmm. loses a crucial game, it will do actually a lot of good. Look, there are people who are going to react to that and suddenly scream that the NFL has gone woke. And now I'm even more dead set against getting vaccinated. But I don't think those people were reachable to begin with. I do really think that this could have a tiny, like a bit of good on the margins. And the margins can make a huge difference. So I think that's my opinion about it. I just, I think we're reaching that point where, I mean, remember, I don't know how you guys felt about this when, when the president was talking about the 75% by July 4th, I I I was like I don't uh, I don't know what reality this man is living in. And then like It's good were, in theory. It's good in theory. It's not in practicality. As someone who lives here in Tennessee and interacts with a lot of people or I should say is uh familiar with a lot of people who will not be getting the jab. Well, um they do comment on your t-shirt a lot. So yes, there's that. They do. They do. Um it's just it's not it's not going to happen for them. Like there's, there's no path to reaching those people. Cause like they've already decided that like, they're just not, unless you do school stuff where it's like, you can't get on, stay at campus unless you, you had that, but you can, if you're off campus and go and like, there are little things you can do around the margin for young people. But like, I don't know. I think we're reaching that point now where the people that 
um, care about other people. And I think that's a fair way to frame it because ultimately <laughs> if you're a young person, you get it. It's less about you and it's more about the people around you. Um, and then, you know, I, I just, I don't think there's a way to move past it. Like there was a piece in national review by Michael Brennan Doherty who outlined how he thinks that people should talk to and try and persuade the, the people who are the vaccine hesitant crowd. And I'm like, I just, I don't think it's a reality anymore. And I, I understand like, don't be intentionally, angry and like the twitter comments who just are like yelling at cole beasley like cte's already gotten him like that's gotta that's probably not the way to go about it is just yell at this man yeah don't 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 yell at a slot receiver is a general rule don't say stuff like the cte and don't go after that stuff because i'm sure that's a real real i know look look, i i I legitimately do have a great deal of empathy for people who are getting bad information about this through no fault of their own i really do that's not like like yeah it's very easy to be a a dick on Twitter about this, and I, I'm sure I have been many times, uh, or about any other number of things. But like, yeah, look. It, granted, I'm I'm living amongst you know uh, communists and uh, and uh, and and Jews and and Jewish communists here in New York City. But like, were I to find someone who had vaccine hesitancy issues, I, I would like to think that I could respond with empathy. I really would like to think just for my own self-interest. And we all because do I that really... anyway, though, right? Like, we, I think it's the only way to, that's the right way to live life is the empathy and, like, go through it and be like, okay, I'm listening. But then you have the alternative where it's like when you talked about Montez and what he said, but, like, we know that Ron Rivera brought in smart people. Yes. Like, he brought yes, in... they brought in... The yeah. NFL PA has been bringing in people to educate people and, like... So you know, it falls on deaf ears when they're like, well, we haven't, we, we don't know enough about, like, that. that's what they're doing. They're bringing in people. So it's like a bad faith argument of like, well, we don't know enough. I know, but like the stick, I mean, the, the carrot is, is only going to go so far. I do, I do really feel like there's sort of a stick approach that has to be invoked. Like with the French and telling them they can't go to cafes and then millions of people <laughs> sign up for vaccines and anything. So oh, I, person. they can't like smoke and have a cool song. That's so. I, I've got a question in all this. And, and so, because actually at one point, um, I I don't mind the NFL saying, hey, if you don't get vaccinated or you, you know, you have a bunch of positive tests come up and, and it costs you a game. Yeah, it's going to cost you playoff seating. Like we won't reschedule. We won't cancel. Like I totally get all that. I wish they had done that last year. And I'm not saying, yeah, because there was just just so many on like they had no way of knowing how many games were going to be. Right. Right. And the only reason I say that is, is if because you basically just soldiered through when I would argue that a lot of teams, I'd say maybe close to half, were very brazen in how they operated um, and, and it was pretty clear because, you know, you're having complete complete units getting wiped out. You're having guys, uh, you know, contact tracing, all of that. And I'm not saying that, you know, oh, because they weren't tested, you know, anything like that. It was just complete. Just we're just going to do whatever. I wish they had that last year. Like, hey, we're going to take this seriously because, hey, we're making a lot of money here. Um, so like it, it is what it is that they're doing it this year. It's like, cool, fine. The issue that 
I do worry about, though, is that how are team doctors and, like you said, NFLPA people, like, why are you guys not leading the way on this? Like, how are team doctors sitting there? You, Some guys got to get a cortisone shot, yet (laughs) it's a bridge too far to get a vaccine. Like, it's... It it just feels like we we're 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 giving players this whole freedom of choice, and you know it's 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 a personal decision for me, um, which is ironic. Well, I, because, I, I think look, you, I don't think they could. I think that the NFL has realized, like you know, and, and the union should push back on this. I don't think it is actually a good precedent to be man like to come to even if the NBA the NFLPA wanted to squeeze in this. I don't think mandating vaccinations for all employees would necessarily be the way to go about it. I think that would be, and that's a very, that's an argument that's very specific to the NFL, but I do think that would open up a a whole lot of problematic issues down the line. And I don't think the union should go that. I think what the union, look, the union clearly wants to get people vaccinated, um, but they also should not necessarily accede any more power than they already have over the years. So that's, I just want to, uh, Andrew, what do you think, because um, this is something that, like, the people who are um, on the other side of this, where I do wonder about this. This is something that I just, I'm curious if the NFL has a plan, or really any, like, across all sports leagues and college universities, um, what the testing policy will be, because we know how expensive testing was last year. We know yeah. just how expensive, and that's why we didn't know if Group of Five was going to play. It wasn't because they didn't want to like everybody else. It was because they didn't have the money to do daily testing. Um, I wonder, because of how expensive it is anyway, like when we get to the point where teams, like the way you get around this if you're the NFL or colleges is you decrease testing. And I know if you're vaccinated, you only get tested once a week. But if you're not, you're, you're daily tested. But like, I wonder... I mean, I guess the Delta variant and things like that right now, because if you just read the reporting on what's going on in Arkansas, it's horrifying. But um, I wonder if this is how it all ends. It's not getting people to get over that threshold. It's they just stop testing and they're just like, well, they're not going and there's no point. So let's just stop throwing money at testing when they're not going to do it. And that's how you you move completely off. It's, the, it's not necessarily getting the people jabbed it's moving off and just saying all right we're just not going to test anymore and this is just not going to be not going to be a thing what what do you think because this is like the uncomfortable conversation that i'm curious about these leagues and universities having soon it it is it's a conversation that's needed and it's kind of like if you aren't going to listen Mm. and you know it's like we want you to we're fine with outside, you know, if you want to take an outside source, but it's like, we're giving you the best information that you can. So it's like, I mean, what's that line? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Mm-hmm. I mean, these leagues are doing the best they can and they have the best intentions. They want players to be safe. And that's why I appreciate the fact that basically Nick Saban and Kirby smart pretty much were like, uh, you aren't. Do you want to be the reason why we're costed a national championship? Do you want to you keep want, me from getting my bonus money, players? I mean, basically. But in the NFL, it's it's got to be 
if we're, you know, seven and 10 or we're 10 and seven and we had to drop one of those seven losses because three or four guys, you know, impacted what we did in the game. Yeah, I'm going to be pretty pissed about that. And and so there's there's got to be leadership in the locker room when it comes to that. And just this whole week and the whole Denison news and, and I'm reading the story now and I'm just like, why, why, why are we being idiots after last year? Why are we, why are we acting like this? I think he thinks he's going to be everything. smarter on all of this. And it's like, no, you'll just and be that's forgotten the and moved on. They'll just move part. on without you. Like, and that's like the stupid part. Just, uh um well happier news let's let's move forward with happier news because it is friday's friday guys and the the weekend is here um bob Giannis, yeah is he the most likable superstar that we've had as an nba champion in a while like it is there something like that man is so naturally like well getting the chick-fil-a mcnuggets his dancing his just Everything about Giannis Antetokounmpo, his answers about being humble and humility, um, like I cannot read, I cannot wait to read Miran Fader's book on Giannis. But we had the that little, little going to be Nicholas Batum, where he's like, "I'm going back to Greece if I'm close to him." Brutal, brutal burn on uh, old Nick Batum. Um, what what do you make of all of that? His win, um, his fifty. I, I I love Giannis. I love Giannis. He's 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 unreal i mean the thing about Giannis is and and he really is as close to for people who weren't around to watch prime shack that's what prime shack was like his body is entirely different his style of play is quite different but the way he dominates and the parts of the floor from which he dominates are entirely like shack and and it's it's been really great to to Mm -hmm. see him to see his game just continue to grow and blossom he's great uh, lovable. It's, it's it's a weird term. I I, uh, I I think he's great. There's a there's I don't know if we talked about this, but there is this very strange anti Giannis backlash. Well, to be fair, because uh, he is foreign, it's hard to see a scenario where he is the the face of the NBA. People are saying, "Oh my God, Chase, why are you doing this?" No, no, it's not that. It's more like it's it, there was a really good uh, story about John Wilms about this in Real GM about how, like, the perception among a certain segment of ballplayers is that Giannis has no bag. Mm. Is that it's, the, it's the hardened quote about, like, yeah, if I was seven feet, I could, do, I could play like that, too. And it's like, well, no, you couldn't. But in any case, there's this sort of idea that, because, that, he, that uh, his physical gifts somehow make him less than or not as worthy of appreciation as a more average sized NBA player who dominates using other different physical gifts rather than just being extremely tall, fast, and, uh, you know, bouncy and all that other stuff, which is, it's a, it's a very, it is a, it is a, it is a fraught and loaded subject, but I, 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 I encourage everyone to read Wilms's article at real GM about this because he gets into it. In fairly but like, yeah, man, of all the, I'm just, I, I, Suck it, Chris Paul. That was awesome. I liked watching him suffer and choke again. That oh my fun. goodness! Yeah, that was a little uh, that was... Bob. Really? I mean, oh my god! god. Really driving yeah, the driving the nail and on Chris Paul. 
What did he do? Hey, I didn't alienate every single team I've ever played for. Come on. Wait, so I do have a question, um, Andrew. Did you see the Amin thing about Monty going into the Bucks locker room? Um, Does he know? Does he know like how many times that happens? Not even just in the NBA Finals, in Super Bowls, in World Series. Like, I mean, shut the, shut up, dude. Like, seriously, there are people, there are people in sports media that just need to shut up. And he is one of them because it's like, dude. You know how many times guys have gone into locker rooms after games showing appreciation for what they did? Because this is one of the great aspects of sports is me and Bob could be competing over something. And, yes, the competition is going to be intense and it's, you know, emotions are going to come out. But at the same time, I know for a fact that he's damn good at what he does and at the end of the day, I respect him for what he brought to, you know, what he brought to the table, whether that be win, lose, draw, whatever. Like you respect your opponent. And Monty Williams is a very classy dude. Like how many times have we heard it? He's one of the classiest dudes in the league. So, yeah, you 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 would expect him to do that. And that's awesome because he knows how hard the Bucks worked. They know how hard his team has worked. So, yeah, you're going to tip your cap to the other team. Like, one of the great things about the Stanley Cup playoffs, once the series is over, you have guys shaking hands. And, 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 and you see that appreciation for each other because basically you're out there kicking each other's ass for four to seven games. So, Amin just needs to shut up. Like <laughs> and there's a cynical perspective and then there's like a like another level of cynical perspectives. And this was one where I saw it and I, then I listened to the context and I was just like, I don't, I don't think the players read it that way. I don't think Monty. Nobody did. And I think this is just an overreaction and trying to start the pot when there's just absolutely no need to start the pot. But I will say Monty's move has happened before. I know, I know where he pulled it and uh, Monty and I are not super close, but what I can confirm is he is a Mighty Ducks trilogy stan. And if you recall, Andrew, I, Bob, I don't know if you're a big Mighty Ducks guy, but um, in no, okay, well, in D two, the Mighty Ducks, <laughs> um, the end, Andrew. If you seem to remember, Coach Wolf yeah. congratulates yeah. Bombay. Gunner yep. goes to Charlie. Gunner Stall, legend, Iceland les- legend, stating good work. Captain, Captain Duck. Duck. Yeah. Like it's happened. It, it once again, I mean Bob just shut up. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quack quack. Right. Look at Bob over here going full of mean. Quack quack. Hater of fun, Bob Silverman. Noted hater of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. No, that was a great moment. I, I I literally would frame that if I could of Stall raising the th- what a what a great trilogy. I can't even pick my favorite one. I might watch them all all over again tonight. Who's to say? Are, are you watching the the new show on the Disney Plus? Uh, oh, it's fantastic. Are you talking about Loki? No, uh, no. Ducks, the, the the Mighty Duck show. Oh no 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 no! I I leave the memories alone. He's a very strong 
strong thing for me. It was like when I was trying to watch Girl Meets World, and I was like, "This is this is not going to work." I, gonna... Yeah, but but here here's the thing though, Chase. I'll say this real quick. Uh, it feeds into enough nostalgia, but it also helps create its own lane. Okay, I might give it a shot. I might give it a shot. Um, I did Fear Street um, the last few weekends with the lady, and Fear Street is fantastic, fantastic, guys. <laughs> Noted. Noted. <laughs> Last thing, and we'll wrap up on our Friday Sports Reporters podcast. Um, Bob, did you see that uh, Cleveland? The Cleveland baseball Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Do you like it? What are, What's your initial thoughts? Anyway? Yes. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's totally fun. I mean, I, I know there was a lot of people getting sort of weirdly angry about it. It's like, no, that's a fine name. All, na- all team names are weird and dumb. Spiders would have been cool. It would have had some cool arachno- arachnoid-type merch, but I'm fine with that. It, it matches those big statues they've got in Cleveland. That sounds awesome. And it's kind of close. Indians, Guardians, I mean, it's kind of close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have been the Comedians if they needed it, and then D-I-A-N-S, but that's okay. Also, we can just move forward. Like Washington, Cleveland, they're all moving forward, and it's just the people who get mad about this are obviously bad faith. I guess I guess the Washington them. football team is going to be named the Schmedskins or something like that. So I guess that's <laughs> the only way to the only way to do it now. I really hope it's the Red Wolves, Andrew. What are you What are you hoping for for Washington, and also what do you think of the Guardians? I, I'm still rooting for Red Wolves. Guardians is fine. I mean, it it it, it, it it's fine. Uh, I, I would have preferred Spiders, um, but you know we. It was too good. It was too good of a name to not do anything. Um, but yeah, uh, I want Red Tails because mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of the DC yeah, link cool. with the Red Tails. But once again, it's too good of a name, so they're going to come up with something lame. I um, hope they keep it Washington Football Team. Well, they've already. I think that is actually honestly. Honestly, I don't. I, want I don't to- mind that either. Like it actually works. You have it's the colors. Fine. If you create it. a crest, <laughs> if you create a, a cool enough crest or, or, or an emblem for it, because I, I think the W feels kind of lame, mm. but if you create a nice enough crest for it, it works. And yeah, just... Goofy, it is, it, it's reminiscent of, of European football, and they would be the only American... But we American can't do that. that. We can't do that. Yeah. I don't like it. I... I would have liked to keep football team. I know they're going to go with something different because they got merch to sell and no one evidently wants to buy a t-shirt that says football team. Although again, I think that's cool. Mm. Although people do buy New York basketball shirts and I have a, an Atlanta basketball club shirt somewhere around here. So there you go. Um, Bob, how do people check out your work at the Daily Beast and your your research? Yeah, books? it's right. It's right there on the homepage right now, and you can read about it at the Daily Beast about my story about the uh, anti anti vax NFL players getting uh, a little mad online. Um, I will have a big story coming next week, which I'll, I'll I'm sure we'll talk about um, during the pod on Friday. So that's so it's coming out before the pod. Before the pod. Mm. Knock on wood, fingers crossed, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about on the pod about it. Um, but this is something I've been working on for many months, and uh, I think I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right now, that light is being blocked by uh, some editors and some lawyers, but I can see the light there. There you go. Andrew Hammond, 
what can we check out from you across the internet and at uh, the Detroit Free Press? Uh, basically just prepping for uh, football and uh, yeah, Tigers are on a roll right now. They've won seven in a row and they uh, they go to KC tonight, so they will probably lose that game because I'm a professional jinx. So uh, Tigers, my bad. Um, but yeah, no, um, pretty much just kind of monitoring everything that's going on and yeah, that's about it. Right, go follow them at uh, Aham. What is it? Aham four. Is there some numbers? Aham Free Press. That's what it is. Aham Free Press at Bob Sayeta. Go read. It does sound like you're 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 offering a a kind of like a printing press that doesn't have any ham on it. <laughs> I, I don't want to be critical. Uh, well, you but just like, want the ham. Yeah, I want some ham. Nobody wants with ham. It? Ham is the worst meat. Everybody knows this. What? Ham Whoa. Is the worst meat. Ham's the worst meat, Bob. Number one. Uh, number it sounds one. like someone has never had any jamon iberico. No. That's what this is not. telling me. No, sausage is... Oh, my God. Go to Spain. Get some ham. It'll change your life. I, if I had the means, I would buy you an entire leg of jamon iberico. It often retails for $1,000 or more, but then we'll send it to you so you can have an entire big flank of cured meat in your apartment. But dear God, go to some kind of delicatessen. I'm sure they have them in Tennessee. Get some Hamani Barrico. Mm. I'm going to Google this when I get up this one. I'm finding you, Hamon. Okay. It's, it's like prosciutto, but better. Never had prosciutto. What? Man... <laughs> All I need is turkey. You are missing out on an entire world of preserved delight. <laughs> this is insane. Get some prosciutto. You can get it at freaking Wegmans for the love of Pete. Andrew, I'm like two sentences away from like, hey, we're walking here. Do you have a Wegmans? point? <laughs> Do you have a Wegmans in Tennessee? Okay. Near you. A Wegmans. It's a chain of supermarkets. Yeah, I, I do know for a fact because my, one of my exes used to live in Knoxville. Yes, they do have one. I've never okay, or even a, even a Publix. Yes. Do you have that? But I'm I'm not okay. a Publix shopper. I don't go into Publix. Anymore. Oh my god, you so, are the worst! <laughs> so the reason I don't go into Publix is I am, talk I am, to you, I am, and it's very I'm sorry, I am figuring out a way to get you some at least if not hand me Iberico, which is expensive as hell, mm. I'm getting you some prosciutto. Okay. It, it is a cured delight. It is unfathomably good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Publix is bad, and I hope I don't ruin okay. some future. You, you do have a Wegmans, though, right? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go on freaking Instacart. I see one in Raleigh. I don't see one here anymore. Or there might be. Let me see. Uh, Belmont Ave. Actually, yeah. No, it's called Friends Food Mart. That's. I'm. We're, as soon as I'm off the phone, I'm doing this. All right. I'm. I'm out. I'm. I'm too mad to continue he podcasting. That's how mad I am, Andrew. I have ruined Bob's Friday. Well, you know, you, you ruined really? Friday. You what? You, you ruined my Friday. You ruined everyone's Friday. What By the doing? time everyone listens to this, it's going to be Saturday, so it doesn't matter. God, dog, end the pod. <laughs> this podcast is over. Bye, I said friends. good day, sir.
I'm going to go full LaGreca on us. I'm going to go. I'm going to go full Gene Wilder and Willy Wonka. I don't. I said good day. I don't know how to end this podcast. I'm terrified to. to That's actually that's that's the perfect way to do it. Pull the plug right there. That'll be all for today's edition of the Chase Stones Podcast. Appreciate each and every one of y'all for sticking around for another one. If you could be so kind, please do read my work at sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com and please do leave a five-star reading and a review if you listen to this very episode via Apple Podcasts. Um, don't forget to follow me on the usual social media suspects, whether it's Twitter at Chase double underscore Thomas, Facebook at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas writer, or on Instagram at Chase double underscore Thomas as well. Uh, and don't forget to give me a, give me a shout via email at Chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com to participate in any future mailbag opportunities, or just if you have any questions about the show or anything of the sort, email me at Chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com. I want to hear from y'all. Uh, I promise these little things really do matter um i'll leave you with this mr feeney's closing words dream try to get uncle Derek. how'd i do nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah